how do you handle uncomfortable people, especially when they create uncomfortable situations? I love, like, both services so far. There is, like, they say about four seconds of silence is the most people can handle. And every time there's someone going, GJ, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like, come on, let's get to it. But the question, how do we handle uncomfortable people? Do we avoid them altogether? Do we welcome them, open the door for them, but we're not going to let you get close? Or do we embrace them? And what I mean by embrace them, do we love them and make them feel needed? I've heard people say ministry would be easy if it didn't have people. <laughs> I'm not going to say if that's true or not, but I've heard it said. Uh, but which we know is impossible. Ministry is people. But how many of us avoid uncomfortable people? And I know we all do it at some level. We've all pretended to be on the phone a little extra longer to walk by that person, you know, or let that phone call go to voicemail, or um, we avoid eye contact at a red light when someone's asking for money. We're just like, I don't see you. Like, we avoid the uncomfortable to some extremes sometimes. A funny one that you can use, um, whenever I travel, uh, get on the plane, you start talking to someone, the question inevitably comes up, like, what do you do for one spirit into one body? And the moment I walk in, there's a table in the back, I need coffee. So I go and I order suggesting to me, it's like, you want this coffee? No. I want this coffee. I'm not welcome at this spot. And zero reading happened. A lot of staring at the page, all the stares and whispers that was happening in the corner, I lasted like five minutes. Paul, if you believe in Jesus, you are part of one body. My question that I, one of the questions I want us to struggle with today is if we truly believe that, then why are there still believers that have that coffee shop experience with other believers? Are they, they're there, they're present, but they're not welcome. They're not involved, they're not invited, they're not accepted. Everyone is welcome and everyone has a role. And I know we, we, you hear this a lot in church lingo. Uh, no perfect people allowed. Come as you are. Uh, just come. And we like to put a little asterisk next to everyone. Is, you know, like everyone that this, right? But that's not what we read here. It's like this, like, uh, of that passage. Either less urinations in the body than I've ever seen in my, my life, at least. We'll pick anything apart. Like, oh, you believe that? out. You believe this? Out. Satan is winning this battle because we're so focused on anything and everything but the one mission he's called us to, to bring the good news to those who are lost, those who don't believe, and to be unified while doing it, to fight for unity. We must humbly and truthfully ask the question, what part of the body am I? We need to have that honest dialogue, but it doesn't stop there. We also need to be asking, am I intentionally seeking out other parts of the body that I'm missing? Understanding that we need each other, that I can't do this alone. Brett McCracken is a Christian author, and he writes, uh, the biblical image of the people of God is that we are stones being built together into a dwelling place. A dwelling place requires not one big stone, but many pieces of stone interlocked and fortified together. 
It's not that the stones lose their individuality or their unique textures or shapes. The image is not one of identical bricks and prefab concrete blocks. It's just that only together do individual stones achieve the structural purpose of becoming the household of God. Together, our unique shapes complement each other and create uh, a more structurally sound building. We must stop the game of comparing each other and either comparing ourselves to them or comparing other people to us. It's a dangerous game, and it keeps our distraction off of our mission. And I know community, real community, growth, uh, healthy community is challenging, and it can be, being part of a church can be really, really hard. Which leads me to my second point. Being part of a church can be really hard. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to go on a mission trip before, and if not, it, to me, it's, it's a must to get out of your comfort zone, get out of your bubble, and see what God is doing in other places of the world is eye-opening. Uh, and one of, one of the mission trips I had the privilege on going on was when I was in college, and it was a group of 10 college students that went to a remote village in Alderkesi, Kenya. And it was awesome. Uh, we got hunted by lions. We got surrounded by baboons. It was like, for me, it was a dream trip. But like for you, you're like, you what? Uh, but what ended up happening was this, this group of people who didn't really know each other got taken so far out of their comfort zone and put into a place where we, need, we needed each other. Uh, but when you have nowhere to go but the African bush, like, which is not a great place to go just to wander, uh, what begins to happen? Tension rises, and some of you might say conflict is what happens. But I would argue community is what happens. That conflict is a necessity to community. That when two things are growing, they're going to butt heads, and they're going to need to figure it out and have good conversations and learn how to grow together. It's the difficult part of community that we tend to avoid, and that's why the second obstacle to unity, kind of a theme for this series in general, but comfort. When we surround ourselves in comfort, and avoid difficult and hard conversations with people, we rob each other of growth. We rob each other of growth. When I run away, I'm also hurting someone else. It's not just me. In verse 13, Paul emphasizes that everyone who is baptized by the Spirit is part of the body, Jews and Gentiles, slave or free. Maybe a more modern way to look at that would be to read it like this. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, regardless of background, nationality, social status, political belief, mask or no mask, or any other arbitrary dividing line that don't matter in the kingdom of God. Truth is, living in community with people like you can be difficult. And when you start throwing in people who aren't like you, who act differently than you, who think differently than you, that believe differently than you, it can create, can create division. But when we focus on that and not on the one true mission and goal, that's when we get lost and we get divided. And in my experience, those who leave, not just a church, but leave family, leave friends because of a comfort issue, because of a preference issue, they don't solve 
the problem by magically just leaving. Those problems tend to follow them, and they keep running to them again and again and again until they learn to face them. Charles Spurgeon, a theologian, uh, pastor, author, writes this. The church is faulty, but that is no excuse for your, uh, for your not joining it if you are the Lord's. Nor need your own faults keep you back, for the church is not an institution for perfect people, but a sanctuary for sinners saved by grace, who, though they are saved, are sinners still, and need all the help they can derive from the sympathy and guidance of their fellow believers. The church is the nursery for God's weak children, Christ's family. We need to come to the understanding that the church full of people that think like you, act like you, believe like you, are just like you, does not exist. And more importantly, if it did exist, I would argue it's not the church. My, Ange and I, my wife, we're in the middle of a dozen house projects, and we're new homeowners, and I've heard that it's only the beginning. It's like never-ending house projects, and so I guess welcome, GJ. Uh, but we had already do like a couple of repair projects, and I've learned drywall and backsplash. And one of the things I've learned is there are so many pieces to a house. <laughs> like so much. Thank you, YouTube. Like uh, there are so many pieces. Uh, but you cannot build a whole house if I only had drywall squares. I couldn't build a kitchen, let alone a whole house, if I only had little glass tiles for backsplash. It takes every piece how varying and different they are to build that house. And that is what we are. If we limit ourselves to thinking that I, I am a door and I surround myself with doors, there will be no windows. <laughs> there will be no walls. And you think you're a gateway, but you're a gateway to nothing. We need to surround ourselves with the full body. And part of the problem is, I think, the mission of God, being, connecting ourselves with people that we don't necessarily even like because it's uncomfortable. We don't like that. Part of the problem is it doesn't make sense to us. We struggle with that. But here's the thing. It's God's body. It's God's perfect plan, and it doesn't need to make sense to us. We just need to be faithful and fight for unity, fight for reconciliation, and fight for the one mission that God has the third thing I want to pull out of these verses is although we are different, we are united in the most important way, by the Spirit. The church is not made up of a random group of people who just like to get together on Sundays and maybe once in the middle of the week for a small group. We are unified by a very unique experience. We are unified by our confession of sin. And the receiving of the Spirit through forgiveness, we spend so much time focusing on what separates us. God's desired destination for all of us who are following him has always been unity. Unity with him and unity with each other. And when we let anything other than the Spirit be the focal point of our unity, we fail to truly be the body. When we don't fight for unity, we, we fail to be what God has called us to be. So, to close, I want, the church is made up of people we might not ever 
truly understand. Uncomfortable people. The church will be filled with uncomfortable I know GJ's the group's pastor. Of course he wants me to join a group. It's more than that. It's, it's a necessity to us growing as believers in Christ. Yes, you have your own devotional time. That's awesome. That's needed. Keep doing that. But it was an individual decision to follow Jesus that needs to be lived out in community. We need each other. And one of the best ways to do that is to be together in groups. And right now, we're signing up for just a six-week study on going all in for Christ. Uh, we've got groups for women. We've got groups for you online people who, uh, who still can't come in. That's great. But we'll have a Zoom group for you guys. We've got a group for young adults. And we've got groups based in different areas. We want you to be a part of what's going on. We want you uh, to be challenged, but also know that you have something to give. You have something to offer that the body needs. Are you willing to step in and take that challenge? Are you willing to get uncomfortable? Are you, are you willing to get into the uncomfortable part of other people's lives as well as allowing people to get into the under, uncomfortable part of your life? Let's take a second and pray. Jesus, we need you, but we also need each other. God, I pray that you continue to bond us uh, as one, Jesus with a focus on you and you alone. God, we are grateful for the things you have done and we remember them with fond hearts, God, but we know that your mission is not done. So create an eagerness and a desire in our hearts to bond together and to focus on you and you alone and your mission for us, Jesus. It's in your powerful name we pray. Amen.